Welcome to this monstrous episode of the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Grab your gear, gather your courage, kiss the wife and kids goodbye, and let's get hunting. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome all to the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Today I am here with Josh, uh, another Josh this time, um, not Child of Ash. That's, um, and we will be joined uh, hopefully later by Raven Kiefer and Firefay, and we will be talking about everything cryptids and cryptids related and the stories and all um i have done about 30 plus episodes on this podcast now not one of them truly dedicated to cryptids um so i am very much ashamed that i haven't done that yet because it is right up my alley that's why josh is here josh thank you so much for uh, for coming on uh introduce yourself to the the fine people what do you do what are you about well first of all thanks for having me i'm very excited to be here to talk about cryptids um i'm the host of eerie skies podcast uh started it about a year ago um it's a listener based stories the show is uh based on listener stories i read their stories or i play an audio file of them telling them everything from ufo abductions to cattle mutilations to ghosts mothman pretty much anything cryptid we've done a db cooper episode so we even get into missing people and oh wow things of that sort sort i have one coming up that's kind of getting a bit off of my topic it's going to be about the corpse bride and the story oh. behind that uh yeah but very excited to be here and uh look forward to talking to your audience Stein, and very nice yeah time. yeah no definitely likewise uh so you are from ontario canada right that, that is right worst case yeah. ontario uh that's just a funny saying we say around here but yeah ontario <laughs> canada um it's a very beautiful area when you get into the northern part of ontario um away from the u.s it's old growth forests filled with lots of stories and tales of supernatural things. A lot of uh, the area I live in, we get a lot of the stories of the balls of lights um, flying oh. intelligently through the woods. And no one has a perfect theory on it, but there's a lot of different theories about it as far as Fae and spirits or even Sabe and Bigfoot. So, Yeah, it, it's, it can really be any um bigfoot is of course a very popular one what what would you say is the um the most 
well, let's say well-known cryptids in uh, in your neck of the woods. It's, it's Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Uh, of, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> it <laughs> is. I'm pretty sure across North America, and I have a place in British Columbia too, so that's really the hot spot uh, for Sasquatch in the world. But we have them here in Ontario as well. So do you believe it's just... Um, just one creature like it's uh, some sort of interdimensional who's able to um to move places through the the dimensions or is it some kind of um like actual entity like just a um i don't know like something from the, the undiscovered primate yeah for for example or you know something that's um that we once knew what it was like something of the uh, the old world for example what's your what's your theory about that well, what are your thoughts on from that? everything i've read and been told and what i lean towards is a little bit of both i believe they're a tribe of people who have been here long before this version of humans mm -hmm. and i think they probably are interdimensional because so many cases of you'll have a lake with fresh snow on it and there will be Sasquatch tracks walking for a kilometer and then they just stop in the yeah. middle of the lake. So, but I also believe that they're just more in tune with the earth and they probably vibrate differently than we do. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's their way of, it might not quite be supernatural, but maybe they can hide that way like vibrate so much that their fur or their hair becomes translucent looks like what's behind them i just believe they're are oh. more connected to the earth and the things that we probably are capable of accessing but we are kind of like in ontario there's fluoride in our water mm. the tvs are programming us to to not be part of nature so you know, it's all theories, but I don't believe they're just an undiscovered primate. I think they're a people with a language. And if I had to bet, I would guess they're interdimensional in some way. Yeah, just maybe because they are still um, so naturally in tune with the environments that they can um, like just adjust their vibration at will. Absolutely. Uh, like it, it almost sounds like the, um, the predator from like alien and predator from those series just but that's that's more masking I, i'd say with interdimensional that they are like truly able to move through the dimensions and that's why they can be you know here the one moment and there the next because you know as you said like how else are you going to explain just tracks in fresh snow just stopping like poof that's it gone like they didn't just i don't know got airlifted or, right i mean that that would be an awesome sight to see you know getting a bigfoot being airlifted but <laughs> wouldn't it another odd thing about them here is roughly they're about a thousand pounds eight to ten feet tall people see them up at the top of pine trees on a branch that wouldn't hold you or me so well, wow yeah me and raven on our the last show we did together we got into mm -hmm. into that 
And another thing about uh, Sasquatch and Bigfoot, I don't think just anyone is going to get the chance to see them. I think you got to be, to have a true heart and be, and I think they can sense that in you. Because there's people who've had uh, mind speak with them. They've talked to them in their head. Oh, yeah. There's lots of stories about that. Basically, what I'm saying is if you're just some jerk who litters and treats the world like trash and doesn't care about your neighbor, I don't mm-hmm. think you'll ever get the chance to see one. So that's, you have to be. That's just like, my theory. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good one. I mean, because this is, you know, kind of going into the, the whole vibration thing again, because those people, they um, they vibrate on a a lower level so and just in general you know if you're a if you're a dick to nature if you're a dick to mankind why would a a cryptid interdimensional lost species whatever he may be why would he want to contact you you know yeah absolutely and i think the ones that do get the chance to see them that are a dick it's not a pleasant encounter i think those are the ones where you hear about They'll never go into the woods again. Hunters who have hunted their whole life and they never hunt again. Um, then you have the other people who have an encounter and they're drawn to that place. They go back every week to try and see them again. Um, mm. I just think they can sense what kind of soul you have and they might react to you that way. And I'm going to specify that I've never seen one. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that means I'm a dick, but... You know, I'm trying to, I try my best to be a good person and I've never went out looking for them. I put myself in the spots where they could be and like, you know, went berry picking or mushroom hunting with the hopes of seeing one, but not yet. Well, maybe, maybe someday that'll be awesome. Um, I don't know if we actually have uh, like cryptids here in the, the Netherlands. Like we may just be, a little too small, a little too densely populated to really um, have them. Like we do have other uh, other land spirits, of course, but truly cryptids, not that I know of, at least. Um, but I'm I've always been fascinated uh, by them, and you know, Bigfoot is of course the one that that everyone everyone knows about that are that the most stories are about uh, to the point that it. Um, like hunting Bigfoot or whatever gets his own show on yeah. uh, on the Discovery Channel. Um, and speaking of those shows, do you think it's um, do you think it creates more awareness to cryptids and what is out there, or do you think that it's it harms them that it just attracts like cryptid? I- tourism yeah i believe it does cause more awareness that they're out there or could be out there but i don't think it does much good for for the um say sasquatch or bigfoot like the shows you're talking about like if you were Mm -hmm. trying to find some elusive creature that's the best at hiding you're the way to do it probably isn't going out into the forest yelling with 15 people banging on trees, <laughs> lighting off fireworks. That's just my point of view. But I do believe it's got more people interested in the topic. I don't necessarily think it's helped at all. But I'm not a person who I don't want someone to bring in a dead body of a Sasquatch. 
like I believe they're there from guys like Raven who've seen mm-hmm. them. Um, Les Stroud is a, a, a Canadian man who had a show about survival. I don't know if you've heard of it, Survivor Man. He would go into the wilderness for seven days with no camera crew, no nothing, no food, no water, and he would just film everything himself. Okay. Teach people how to survive. And he's said he's had like four encounters. It just doesn't make sense for him to make that up. It wouldn't help his show. Um, no. In that, if anything, he would be ridiculed about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always there's always two sides to it. Um, like with the uh, the Netflix show uh, that has just you know recently blown up. Um, Firefay, who just joined us, by the way. Hey, babes, welcome. Hello. Sorry, I'm drinking uh, my tea, so I'm sounding like I'm choking, but I'm not. I swear. It's, uh, it's fine, honey. We believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I fire. Sasquatch didn't get me. You know, I think uh, the, the reason Sasquatch is the most uh, popular, if you want to call it that way, is because that I believe there's the most proof of it. Be, with all the castings, the footprints, the, the Patterson-Gimlin video, the hair samples, like every time someone finds a hair sample in the forests of British Columbia and they send it in for testing, it comes back as female human DNA. And then the other half of it is und- uh, never been documented. And then it just, you never hear of it again. And that's interesting because my friend's up in Washington and he lives in Walla Walla. And he was telling me about sightings that they have there all the time. And they don't even make the news because yep no one believes you and it's crazy to hear the stories from his perspective because he's also part native so it's interesting to hear from him the stories too my favorite stories come from from the first nations people and the native americans um the area that raven the area that raven lives in in appalachia they're Mm -hmm. so common there that people just call them oh i saw a foot today did you see the one at the top of the hill? I follow and- <laughs> stuff on Facebook with it too, because it's like, I mean, they sometimes joke on that, like saying, hey, I saw a sighting and it's just a plain old ape. So they they do have fun with it. And it's just interesting to see the different stories that come out because I'm also native too. And it's interesting to hear the stories that are coming out from, excuse my French, guys but from the white people yep that um say oh we're making this up oh it's been around for generations well yeah i'm sure in washington as well but in british columbia you can go to first nations um Mm -hmm. reservations and stuff and they'll have totem poles with a bear an eagle an orca and a sasquatch exactly and from 300 years ago why would they make it it with three animals that we see every day and then mm-hmm. some fake one. It just well, doesn't make sense is, to me. Because my dad's from that area from the Pacific Northwest. Growing up, hearing those stories from his parents who were very religious. I mean, people who have listened to us before know that I come from a very religious background. And so for them to sit there and talk about this creature is unreal. I mean, they even believed it. And what was interesting is 
my grandfather was head of the church on the Pacific Northwest side of the States. And if you didn't talk about it, then there was something wrong with you. Basically from what I gathered going to the churches that he preached at. Oh, wow. It was interesting. That's actually surprising to hear. Mm -hmm. I actually, to be honest, I work for a church myself. I'm a caretaker. Um, I'm not religious in any way. It's just a job I do. Mm -hmm. but I've brought it up around the church a few times and everyone just gives me a really odd look. Like the last thing they want to talk about is well, in Seattle is a little different. Um, growing up in Seattle in that area, they used to talk about it all the time. And because I'm native, um, it was interesting to hear. Cause like one of the ladies that would lead us in prayer and all of that stuff, her and I would sit and talk over tea after service and talk about this creature all the time. She would talk about stories from when she was a kid and talk about stories that her grandfather would talk about. I mean, it goes back generations and it yeah. just blows my mind that no offense guys again, but to <laughs> the white people that, they don't believe this thing exists and it does i mean they one of the stories that one of the elders told me when i was younger it just triggered a memory was they would partake with the peace pipe with this creature oh wow as a joke it was a joke but it was still they talked about it so much that you know growing up that's why i asked fox if i could join that's... It's because growing up, we would talk about it all the time. That's giving a that? whole new meaning to the, the stoned ape theory. Uh... Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, if you come to, like, the areas that I grew up in Seattle, they would talk about this creature. And, like, I would go into, like, the Native American stores, and they, like, have little trinkets of Sasquatch. And there was... No one batted an eye. They would tell you stories. You'd pick it up and be like, oh, let me tell you, darling. Let me tell you about the story I have. And you'd be in that store for hours. <laughs> well, hours. That's, that's beautiful to, to hear, actually, because a lot of the area I'm in, it's not like that. Like, if you talk, like, I have Bigfoot stickers on the back of my SUV, and people give I you really weird too. People give you weird looks like you're crazy. It's because you're probably in a conservative part of British Columbia. Well, I'm in Ontario right now, and that's why. When I'm when I'm <gasps> in British why. Columbia, no, no, it's like everybody's all about it. <laughs> with Ontario, I can't say it because I'm Southern, sorry. But with that area, I found that they're very tight-lipped. Yes, yep. Very tight-lipped. And speaking of uh, the church, it just made me think of the theory that... Um, there are some people who tie Bigfoot to the Nephilim. Have you guys? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm yeah. Not... They want to tie everything to the <laughs> right. Nephilim. I am. I agree. I am so tired. Yeah, of I that. don't like with with the giants. I mean, okay, that has some. Um, you know, there's some biblical reference to that. You can, you know, get that somewhat from. From that, um, oh. yeah, for example, and just um, it, like oh, I've, I've done like two uh, two shows 
three shows, two shows with um, another Josh, um, Joshua for Teenage HL device for 20 about, uh, about giants. And he's a, he's a great researcher. So we go into, uh, into depth a lot, but um, just because Bigfoot is supposed to be like, what do you, what did you, how did you say like seven, eight foot tall and like 500 pounds or whatever? Uh, yeah. There's stories of them getting even way bigger, like 14 feet. They're tall. like Yeti big. Yeah. The ones in. But the, like I, I hear down ways. South, like the ones in Louisiana are smaller, but the further North you get into Canada, wow. like every animal, the bigger they get. Exactly. Like, the ones in Texas, I can tell you stories from my great my grandfather that passed away he would tell me stories of this giant that would roam texas and then you would ask him about it you'd like question him like are you talking about sasquatch or are you talking about bigfoot oh don't tell me who i'm talking about that's not who i'm talking about because it was so <laughs> against their culture i guess you could say their culture because i don't well, want to say yeah. religion right their culture texans are uh they're a yeah, whole new breed for sure yeah i love my granddaddy <laughs> i will lo always love my granddaddy but they were a whole different breed of people you know what, what shocked uh what shocked me to find out is texas has the second most mm -hmm. woods of any state after alaska my son has a huge texas huge yeah, when book you, when you on... picture texas you picture tumbleweeds and desert but no east texas looks like british columbia mm -hmm. without the giant mountains okay so surprisingly let me We're sneak to my wow. kid's room because he actually has a book on this let me oh, i i did not expect that i mean then again you know i'm i'm european i'm dutch so like what the hell do i know about texas besides from what firefay has told me uh about but it I'm and in, other yeah. people i know but yeah i did not I didn't expect that. Yeah, and I I've heard uh, I've heard you talking and that Firefay mentioning Yeti and Bigfoot like, and that's that's one question I have because are they the same creature or is the the Yeti and the Bigfoot or like the abominable snowman like are they different creatures or are they the same or are they like different? species same, if you different species that's what i've heard i tend to agree too just the way they're built in different areas like the ones up in northern british columbia are massive um the ones in the himalayas the yetis they're massive and then you get the boogers and the skunk skunk apes down south they tend to be about six feet and skinnier so i believe and then you have them in china russia you have the year I'll edit it out, honey. I'll blur it out in, uh, in post. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I was my big thumbs. So my kiddo, like I was saying, loves Bigfoot. And it's funny that we're talking about it because he has this book that's called From Animal Planet. And it's called Finding Bigfoot. Let me flip to the page with the most sightings. Because he's mentioned this to me many, many times. The skunk have... ape is in Florida, Louisiana, and Texas. Sorry, yeah. I'm out of breath because I was like what... digging. 
what Josh or Chalavash, other Josh, this gets confusing, says this. Um, I mean, it, yeah, like one is a snow breed, one is a desert breed, one from the woods. Like with you'll like you'll see with many um, many animals, you know, leopards, foxes, uh, even elephants. You know, Indian elephant, African elephant, both elephants, yet yeah, different. So. Yeah. I mean okay. that's that's why I was was asking because I've I've heard so many so many names and I've heard them called being called by so many names I was just wondering like, I believe, are they I believe they're just different versions of the same kind of species built for that area like a white teal tailed deer in Texas doesn't look mm -hmm. anything like a white tailed deer in Alberta well looks the same but the size is very different Alberta yeah. Yes, they are massive in Alberta. Everything's big in Canada. So. Yeah, not just in Texas. Um, <laughs> Texans thing you... will get upset with you, but no. Yeah, they will. Um, okay, I, I've so... upset some Texans in my life. Oh, you're not going to upset this one, so don't worry. <laughs> so it's interesting because they have the sightings for each state that I'm reading. Is it okay if I read some of it? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Please do. Okay, so in Washington State, it says there's 554 sightings per year, and the most recent was, or that they've gathered data, the most recent was in February of 2013. The last posted was in November, so it looks like they gather data every month. And interesting enough, let's see here, Colorado, where I'm from, has 113. And the last sighting was February of 2013 from this book. I oh. mean, I know this is out of date, but still. Right. The least amount of sightings that this book says is Delaware. It's only had three. And the last yeah. data that they've collected was in December of 2012. And then the posting from that before that was in January or sorry, I do not have my glasses. January <laughs> of 2004. Yeah, and, so, and I think many people don't um, come forward. No, they don't. And it's, that's the sad part is because you know, talk about it. It's the same way with, I hate talking about it on this one, but it's the same way with extraterrestrials. We didn't talk about it for a long time because of the quote unquote fear, but there's nothing to be afraid of these guys. They leave you alone and yeah, you'll be and, fine. And because, you know, if you openly talk about, you know, having seen a Bigfoot or extraterrestrial or, you know, you name it, most times you'll be ridiculed because you know oh those things don't exist what are you talking about talking about like what if what have you smoked uh, are you on drugs <laughs> have you taken your medication okay so here they have in canada so they have an in canada section so in british columbia about 44 percent of sasquatch sightings are reported there the least amount is quebec huh Quebec and the Yukon are the least amount. And then it's Saskatchewan, New Brunswick, Manitoba, Alberta, Ontario. Surprising. 
in British Columbia with the most. Yeah. And like you get to the Yukon, there's just no people there. Like it's, you know, the population's so spread out. So there's probably just as many there. It's just, there's no one there to witness them. I didn't know this either, but there's apparently types of sightings. There's a class A, a class B and a class C. Yes. Uh, So so what is the difference exactly between those? Like, is, is it in like how close you got or like okay so class a correct me if i'm wrong josh yeah this is what the book says class a this is the most certain type of sighting if a witness gets a clear look of a at a book bigfoot and can rule out any other animal or if there are well-documented footprints that cannot be attributed to any other animal then squatch hunters consider this a class a sighting okay it doesn't have to be in person the Jacobs photographs taken by the trail camera show a creature with limbs too long to be a baby bear. Bigfooters have ruled that the animal and others out, so the sighting gets the top rating. Is that true, Josh? From everything I know, that is what a Class A sighting is, yes. Okay, so Class B, let's say you were far away and you had your Bigfoot encounter at night. Okay, let's say you didn't see a Bigfoot, but heard vocalizations. This sighting is a Class B because there is a potential for misidentification. Experts don't look at Class B reports as less valuable or credible, and sometimes they can be so detailed that they are quite compelling. For example, a former police officer took a hunting trip to Mud Spring and South... I cannot say that word, so can you say this for me, Josh? D-U-B-A-K-E-L-L-A, Mountain. Never heard of it. <laughs> honey. <laughs> it's in California. I'm sorry. I honey, just really was honey put it uh, put it in the um, in the chat real quick. We'll, uh, I mean, there are three I'm people like, here. Uh, I'm an American, so, and I'm looking at this like, what in the world? I mean, at least one of us should be able to, like, guess Dupa- the pronunciation. Dupacala? Dupa- Dupa- yeah, that's what so, it, the way you spelled it, that's what I would imagine, but I've never heard of it. So Poop. it's in California, in Trinity County, California, in 1998. Never he describes squatchy sounds in the greatest detail on BFRO website. You might include this level of detail if you ever make a report. So I'm not going to read the whole report because it goes on for like three pages. We'll, uh, we'll save that for another uh well, that, time. Maybe I do know that two. area, the Trinity uh, River, and that county has a, a massive amount of sightings and activity. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, Stein, you brought up before Firefay came on was um, the predator. Those, yeah. That kind of thing. Um, I wonder if that could be Sasquatch cloaking. Have hmm. you heard the stories of the Glimmer Man? Like a guy will be in his tree stand hunting and something will be moving through the trees, but it's just a shimmer. Yes, a... my cousins have I, talked I, about that. I Sorry. know there are, uh, no, it's, it's fine, honey. Like, I'm, I'm that excited. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy you're you're finally crawling out of your shell a bit. Um, no, but I'm, I'm familiar with, um, with glimmer and, and shimmer and, um, you know all of that like cloaking technologies i'm familiar with what it is and that supposedly 
uh, cryptids or creatures or whatever kind of interdimensionals that they supposedly use that uh, as a cloaking device. I don't remember actually having heard stories about it, so do elaborate. Well, I've heard a lot of stories of people who believe that it is Sasquatch cloaking, and I was kind of under the impression that that could be what it is. But I recently got a story sent into the show of a couple staying in a hotel room in Toronto, and the, the woman woke up and there was one in her hotel room in the mm -hmm. middle of the biggest city in Canada, like sneaking, oh. or, sneaking around. That got me thinking, and this could be very far-fetched, but what if it's the government in some kind of technology they're testing? But why would, I mean, they, why would they go into a hotel room in Toronto? Why wouldn't they? You know, the most... Good point. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, they have done uh, experiments like that. Um, the one I could think of, like, I don't, I don't know if Dutch government actually does things like, uh, like this, but... Uh, like, wasn't it the Philadelphia experiment? Or was that... Honey, you're thinking of Area 51. No, uh, I'm thinking of a lot of things, honey. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I do believe that there was a, um, a black book government operation who involved themselves with cloaking technology and i believe I know exactly it's exactly where you're talking about i just can't think of the name it was on or was the what's the philadelphia experiment was that with like no. time travel i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up real yeah. quick um well, in i guess the... we're looking this up there's actually a third one and this is what i would classify josh's is a class c the final category for sightings are for second and hand, third hand reports so someone told you a story about their sighting, or if it was a friend of a friend kind of tale, or even a story that the sources that cannot be traced, that would count as a class C. Yeah. The yep, BFRO exactly. does keep them in their archives, but only rarely makes them public unless it happened before 1958, the year the Bigfoot name was attached to sightings in the media. Okay, so it isn't the Philadelphia experiment, but I know there is. Um, I know which one I mean, from, you're talking about. Yeah. Oh God. Now I wish. Uh, uh, Josh, Chalavash, Josh Fortini, you're the. Um, he's the. He's he's in chat. He's listening and watching. He is the. Um, he's more versed. Yeah, and more more versed in the the conspiracy side of things. So. Uh, Dude, just look it up and um, like do tell. But uh, yeah, that that totally that totally makes sense. That could definitely be um, be it. I mean, we know Hollywood is all about you know soft disclosure and whatever. And if you portray it as some kind of alien hunter species or predator species or whatever you know we're all going to associate it with that and be afraid of it and not want to talk about it um so that that does make sense and if they can adjust their vibrations then you know cloaking would definitely be an option 
Yeah, it wouldn't be out of the question. Um, a friend of mine who's had a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but a handful of Sasquatch sightings, and he's a Cherokee, Ooh. native Cherokee. He thinks that the Glimmer thing is its own entity, that it's not the government, it's not a Bigfoot, oh. it's its own cryptid creature. And I he's seen two. Have him on the show too. He's seen two of them in his life. Uh, one, he was getting ready to go hunting, and every time before he'd hunt, he'd sit on a log and have a smoke because mm -hmm. he wouldn't want to smoke out in the woods. It, the animals would smell it, and he was sitting there, and he blew out his smoke, and his smoke formed around the like the shape of a man standing right in front of him. Oh, and he like fell back off the log. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that'll freak you out so you know all of a sudden there's a man standing there who wasn't there a minute ago yeah so i asked him what did he think and that's the one who said he thinks it's its own own entity that we haven't really you know got much in, info on yet oh this is this is an interesting one apparently um a side project monarch, monarch from mk ultra have people believe they identified as a wolf or become the beast of Bray Road. Oh, wow. That sounds like the Kentucky conspiracy theories. Not the one that we're looking at, though. No, but it it makes... That's interesting, though. It, it, could, interesting. Be, it could be connected to it. Who knows? The thing is, there's a show on CW that I watch down here in Colorado. And they have done Bigfoot. They've done the werewolf of Kentucky. So that one that Josh just posted sounded like the werewolf of Kentucky. Hmm. Yeah, possibly. Sorry, I'm a cryptid freak. Speaking of werewolves, <laughs> um, I live really close to a lot of uh, dogman sightings. You guys, uh, oh, dogman! Yeah, love you guys on to the dogman? All of them. <laughs> I've I've heard about it, uh, bits bits and pieces, but uh, by the by the sound of it, Firefay is a big fan, so. Uh, well, the, um, the dog, I live in Ontario, which borders Michigan, and that's where the first dog man story started coming from. Well, unless you go back to the Middle Ages and Paris and werewolves and all that. But um, yeah, in Michigan, uh, the dog man is very prevalent in the upper peninsula in the woods. They're so deep up there, and um, they're always described as um like you know how a bigfoot sighting can be seen as almost spiritual or kind well that's never the case with the dogman sightings they're always oh. um to terrify you mm -hmm. and um a lot of people think that they could be uh how do i word, word this that they could just like say as a kid we watched some old werewolf move werewolf movies and we were terrified of that. Well, this is just some entity manifesting itself as something it knows will scare the shit out of you. That's just mm -hmm. one theory. I don't believe that one. I think they're actually out there. Um, there's just too many sightings of them. Um, and they're always like eight feet tall and jacked like a bodybuilder. Uh, and anyway, because I'm in Ontario, I get a lot of stories sent in, in from my listeners. And I just got one. It was a truck driver from Michigan, and he was doing a run into Ontario. So once you hit Toronto, if you go north from there, the next somewhat major town is called Barrie. 
Barrie, Ontario. And it's a desolate stretch of road with woods on both sides. And this guy was in his semi about two in the morning rounding a bend. And his lights hit something on the side of the road. He thought it was a moose, a dead moose. And as he approached it, he realized it was a dead moose, but something was feeding on it because he could see movement. So he thought it was a wolf. Well, as he approached, the wolf stood up on two legs, um, walked towards his truck and actually scratched the side of it. He had to swerve to miss it. He said it was an eight foot tall man with a wolf's head. He proceeded down the road to the next stop, like a service center to get gas. And he got out and took pictures of it. And there was claw marks down the side of uh, the cap of his truck. They don't pierce through it, but they dent it. Um, he showed, sent me the pictures of it. I mean, unless he Whoa. just made the whole thing up and scratched uh, it. Hey, Josh, are you able to like screen share it and show the picture that the your listeners? Yeah. Do, do, do you? have those pictures i chance? have them i don't have them with me right this second but i do have okay them. maybe I okay can send them to you and you can put them in the show notes yeah definitely I, i'd like love that. to yeah if there is like any evidence that we can uh... oh i get i've got yeah i've got supposed dogman tracks sent to me too it's hard to say i mean yeah tracks in the mud um oh wow yeah so and um before we went live you were also talking about that uh fey and fairy sightings are a very yeah common they, thing and now that fire fey is here um yeah yeah up and down the east coast of north america fairy and fey sightings and stories um they're very very common especially with the natives um, oh, a yeah. lot of them a lot of them happen around boulder fields for some reason. I actually want to do a show about that. I'll join there's... you. Oh, I would be fantastic. <laughs> um, there's a lot of mysterious things that happen around boulder fields. People will be cutting through them and they'll get sleepy in the middle of the day for no reason. They'll mm -hmm. climb up on a boulder and have a nap and they'll wake up with little things picking at them. <laughs> um, but the Sounds one thing like I wanted to talk to you guys about today was the Pukwudgies of the New England area. Have Ooh. you heard of them, Firefay? Yes. Oh, you have? Okay. Of course she has. <laughs> yeah, of course she has. <laughs> anyway, I found that story very interesting. Um, the, the, uh, they were uh, basically like a forest creature that mm -hmm. followed around the Wapanoc tribe and they kind of helped them here and there with stuff and they lived in harmony. But the Wapanog tribe, they believe the creator of their of Cape Cod and that whole area was a giant called Mashop, mm -hmm. right? And then the story is that the the Pugwudgies got so jealous of Mashop and how the the humans were worshiping him that they started getting violent and luring children away. Yep. Yep. So the natives they complained to Mashop to do something about it. So he came. He was this giant white giant with a club and he came and he smashed the Pukwudgies and he sent them to all corners of the earth, not the earth, but the area to the Great Lakes. And the story goes that they eventually found their way back and they killed Moshop's sons. Mm -hmm. um, the reason I wanted to talk about that is because 
well, I didn't expect you to know about it, Firefay, but most people <laughs> I bring that up to, that's one they've never heard of. And I, I've I've never heard of it, so and I Firefay, also Firefay hasn't told me yet. Moss Shop is said to have come from the sea to create um, the lands, Cape Cod in New England. And if you look throughout the world, even into Mexico and Peru, a, a lot of their gods came from the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just that connection always intrigues me. And I, I kind of want to do another big research into that. Um, yeah, there, there is like either like over the water or from the water uh, in the, um, the shows I did about giants with, uh, with child of ash that has come up a lot as well. These, just these big, well, big white beings uh, call them, you know, humanoids um, or whatever they are just coming over the water or from the water and teaching them all this and making new things and that's right teaching them how to live and and to create civilizations and some of them even have scales Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you look at the stories too sorry to interrupt josh but some of the stories i've read is very reminiscent to um the norse god odin oh really yeah that's what was on the um show with Graham, what was that show? Graham Hancock. Yes. What is that show on Netflix? Yeah, that took uh, Ancient, Apoc- Ancient Apocalypse. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So if you read into that stuff, he even brought it up too that in Mexico, this guy that had a beard had an eye patch who was like a serpent, and all of this stuff. It's like it's so intertwined, and it's just. Sorry, I need to stop nerding out. <laughs> No, no, honey, nerd out as much as you can. Like, okay. I mean, this is, it's what the podcast is for. I'm yeah, awesome. So, so yeah, the- it's interesting that, you know, there's different stories and like, as part of being part of the first peoples is that um, there's stories that you hear about the great flood and it's everywhere. And it's the same way with these humanoid things too, where it's like, it wasn't from what I'm understanding from what I've heard from, you know, people who are more native than I am, even though I consider myself pretty native. Um, they talk about humanoids and they talk about the bringer of the pipe, bringer of the sweat lodge and how we honor right. them through those traditions. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated, and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podtasticaudio.com slash easy. Yeah, a lot of serpents too. Like Very much then, so. Um, like Quetzalcoatl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Mexico, it's um, 
yeah, there's something there for sure. There's too many ties all around the world. Well, you know that mound that they have on Earth that looks like a snake and it was it had the scales and everything. Do you guys remember what I'm talking about that came out a while ago? Not Serpent Mound. Are you talking about Serpent not, Mound? Not Serpent Mound. It was more of like a um, underground cavern where it was like coiled like a snake. Oh, no, I don't. I missed that. Yeah, that. No. I can't do search on my phone because if I do, we just saw what happens. It disconnects me. <laughs> yeah. So other Josh, child of Ash, can you look up that article that has the serpent that was reminiscent of a snake and that people were saying it was like a tree root or something. And um, like kind of keeping on the topic about Fae and fairies, like are they are connected with, um, or some people connect them to the missing 401 411. cases. Missing 411, mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Yep, they're connected to that. And a lot of the things I've read is that a lot of the fairies and the fae folk came over with the european settlers when they came mm -hmm. from europe but then you look into the pukwudgies and the natives say they were here before them so i think it's a mixture of both like i've gotten really good stories sent in about people um i think it was in connecticut and there was a little ball of light floating around their deck they were having a barbecue little it was just a ball of light and then it landed on a plant when the one person noticed it said hey everybody look look and as soon as he pointed it out it it did change from a ball of light into a fairy with wings fluttered around went into the forest and disappeared um it's when but, you acknowledge uh, them that they become fruition absolutely well said oh yeah. that's that's what i've told you before dear is like yeah, yeah it's yeah. like the peter pan story where if you believe yeah. in the fairies they come yeah. If you don't, sad to say it, but they die. And you'll never see one. Or they'll die. Or I've, I've gotten stories from around here, too, of people. This one person bought a house that had been vacant for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And the weeds were all growing and everything was covered. And so his first thing he wanted to do was start working on the lawn. But he was really uh, in love with nature and he talked to his plants. So he'd always, before he would go out, he would talk. He would say, sorry, I'm about to trim you, but I'm going to do this to make you healthier. And um, as he was doing this, his shoes got tied together. He <laughs> would walk away and he tripped. So he, you know, he untied him, tied him back up. Next day, same thing. And the next day, he, well, while he was untying the knot that something made, he looked behind him and saw what he described as a gnome scurrying mm -hmm. off into the woods behind his head <laughs> like a, a garden gnome so my sister-in-law is so afraid of those things <laughs> yeah i consider them in the same category as fae and sprites and fairies and stuff yeah so apparently those were the long yu caves in china thank that's you what, child uh, rash that's the one i was thinking of scale dragons carved into the walls and oh. of, of course the authorities say oh no that's natural that just <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm definitely gonna look that up i i need to see that it's so cool the details and the interest i can't talk today i am so sorry <laughs> it's fine <babe. laughs> the intricate detailing in the carvings is 
unreal. It is unreal. And, and I wonder how old they are. That always it, gets me is like some of these carvings in Egypt and different things. Like before we had stone tools, or I mean, sorry, metal tools, we were cutting all these limestone blocks that are 20,000. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfectly just, touched. you know, definitely like per something. Perfectly symmetrical and, you know, holes drilled that's drilled with holes a, with a, like with a precision that like we still struggle with nowadays with, you know, after Even the, the burial tools, the, the burial sarcophagus. I cannot talk. Sarcophagus, sarcophagi. Yeah, it's just crazy. Um, sorry, I snorted because I was laughing. But um, the thing is, like, it's intricately designed too. Because, like, when you look at it, it's like, how did they get the precision for the the crook and the I don't want to say whip because it's like I want to say that, but you guys know what I'm talking about when you look at the sarcophagus, yeah. right? Yeah. You it's like I... how did they get the details in that? And um, that's yeah, that's why I also ask like, is the the Bigfoot or the Yeti or like however you want to name it, like, is it a creature from what you could call the old world? You know, the world that we have forgotten about or that um you know we have been made to forget about because i mean even if you look at like biblical texts and biblical drawings uh or even more modern you know going into the um the 1800s there are just so many pictures and drawings even of humanoids who are just so odd looking there's this uh this channel mind unveiled it's one of my absolute favorite channels there's a lot of um tartaria cryptids uh stuff it's and all. graham and it's what graham says on his show we're a society with amnesia i was just we're, waiting we are, for my chance to say that <laughs> we are a species <laughs> with amnesia no but we we are and uh you know if you look at like we're still discovering things like we have explored more of outer space we know more about outer space than we do about our own oceans exactly there's like okay from what i've mm -hmm. keep reading there's only like two percent two percent of our oceans that have been discovered yeah two percent crazy is that did you guys hear the story there was a great white shark tagged off South Africa. So mm -hmm. they were monitoring where it was moving. They could watch it on their screen mm -hmm. and something grabbed it and it and dropped 1500 feet in a matter of yeah. seconds. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I, we don't know I heard, what's down there. I've heard that story. Yeah. And I mean, you know, going a bit into uh, like sea creatures and lake creatures and all, um, my father uh or a high school friend of my uh my father's lives in uh in british columbia near the uh the okanagan <laughs> lake um so of course when i was uh when i was there with my uh with my father we were there for like a week maybe uh like back when i was 14 so that's huh, that's that's, that's seven ago. 
that's 17 years ago. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> well, I've, I've of course, you know, heard the stories about, um, about the Ogopogo and like how similar it is to, um, to Loch Ness or the, or Nessie, mm -hmm. if yep. you will. Um, Josh, what is your knowledge about it? Cause you know, who better to talk to about it than, you know, well, native, I, or... I've actually been to that lake many times as well. And my cousin dives in that lake and mm -hmm. he has never seen anything there, but there's a lot of theories that that lake's so close to the ocean, there could be underground tubes, passageways, and it could be coming and going. It might not just always be in that lake, but yeah, Ogopogo or Nitaka as the, the uh, forget the tribe that's there, but that's what they call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some fascinating stories. Like people have seen horses get sucked, like pulled off the bank by this thing. Um, I don't know if it has ties to Nessie or even in Ontario, we have one. There's Champion, New York. Yes, um, Champion, yeah. New York. Uh, yeah, Lake Champlain. Chappie. The Chappie, Chappie, yeah. Yeah, the, the monster of Lake <laughs> Champlain. His name is Chappie. It is, yeah, it is. That's what they call it there. I love how it just gave these creatures nicknames. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, it's Loch Ness, Nessie, um, Lake Champlain, Chappie. Makes them all sound so friendly. Well, my my take on those things is I think they're real and I think they're there. There's just too many sightings, too many witnesses. And I say it on my show all the time. We're dreamers. I'd rather just believe. It's fun. Yeah. Um, I get the shows and the people who like to take the, uh, like, they'll get a story and then they'll say, well, it could have been an owl or a whooping crane. That's or what this they said that. about the uh, Mothman. It's an owl. An owl. Yeah. Okay, that's an that's, owl. That's a hell of a big owl, though. The descriptions it's, of it are seven feet tall, and oh, I know, um, it's crazy. So well, I've never and it's definitely an owl. It's you an guys, owl. Have, I don't know how <laughs> Fox would be able to watch it, but um, do you guys have a channel similar to the CW? There, Josh. We have CW. You need to watch that show, Mysteries Decoded. With oh, I've I've heard of it. You need to watch it because the actress that's on there, she was in the Navy and she was in there for like eight years and she got out and she became a private investigator before she kind of started dabbling in actress doing actressing. And she's done the Mothman. She's done Wolf or the Dogman. Dog she's man. done one on Sasquatch. She's done one on all these things and that would be a good person to have on your show is because she believes in fact she believes in see it to believe it she needs to have actual fact to believe these things that's and, that's still that's that and I, navy mindsets you know? i can no, appreciate this was that before. point of view okay well that was her before too she had oh, that mindset really? yes and what's interesting is like she even did a one on the mystery illnesses that happened around Salem oh, with, wow. you know, how, you know, the mass hysteria with the witch hunts in 1462 yeah. or whenever it was. Yep. She did that, is... that. She's done these things and she has people who believe in these things. So like with the one with the witch trials, she actually had a witch on her show. She did a quote unquote ritual with which is so oh, wow. it's she's very yeah that's that. that is something that um 
Childish mentions in uh, in chat. I'm trying to uh, to find it. Yeah, that's uh, people have a feeling of fear or dread mm -hmm. when encountering you know giants or Sasquatch or whatever. And mm -hmm. um, I just I wonder like is would that be because like we have lost that connection to them or it's like the the w word i'm not going to say it canadians can say it because they're not afraid of it but us natives yeah don't, the, say the, it. don't want, you want say me it. to say it no because okay. <laughs> then i'm gonna have to say <laughs> i'm gonna have to go crazy with my sage but um i well, can say starts... i can say skinwalker yeah. that's easier for me to say now but okay. with the skinwalker yeah. there is so much fear in this because the thing is in the native culture if you talk about this creature you bring ill to your family where canadians are like i'll talk about it no problem we'll talk yeah, about we, it uh, we do, we do. We, <laughs> yeah we've uh we've seen that with um miss brenda with, Bre with miss brenda from uh, from horrifying history a canadian as well and she, she says it all the time with me so i'm sitting there outside yeah. with my safe like <laughs> <laughs> You know, like I'm saging my property the minute she starts talking. I'm like, okay, okay, sage. I'm good now. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? Um, like what just came across the screen there, how you might not even see a Sasquatch or mm -hmm. anything yet. You just instinctively get this fear once near. Yeah. That, that could be something like you've obviously probably heard of them doing infrasound. They can make you sick by a sound they make that you don't even hear it so low. What if they can just make you terrified so you'll leave? It's just another mechanism for them not being seen. It's just another so, ability that they I have. Mean, like I another kind of self-defense. Like a protection mechanism. Yeah. Oh. Or, or is it ingrained in our, in our DNA from when we lived in huts with spears and we had to, you know, survive against them? Like, why are babies afraid of snakes? It's just in you. You know what well, I mean? It's. I had an experience with a skinwalker. This was when, I don't normally talk about this, but since we're on cryptids, I might as well. Yeah, um, let's hear it. <laughs> this, is the show, this is the show to do it, so yeah. go right ahead. So this was when Fox and I started first started dating. And um, my son, my mom, and my sister were on a road trip. And it was just me and my dad because my brother was at my sister-in-law's house. He was staying with her for a while. And my dog, who has now since passed, she was afraid to go outside. And I called Fox and I'm like, your girl is afraid to go outside. I don't know how to get her outside. And he's like, what's wrong? I was like, I don't know. She just, she tucked her tail. She won't go outside. And he's like, okay, see if something's out there. I opened my door to see, you know, if I could figure it out. And the hair on the on my arm stood straight up that I have very little because of my native. And the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And something told me to go inside. But before I did, I took a deep breath because I was like, I need to breathe because if I don't, I'm going to pass out. So I took a deep breath in and it smelled like rotting flesh. And that's wow. the thing that you associate with the W word. That is what you associate. Yep. And so I was just like, okay, I'm going to go outside. We're going to go pee. We're going to go back inside. We're just going to go back to sleep. We're just 
we'll be fine. So I got her outside, she peed, she ran back in, she was whimpering the whole time, just was afraid, just would not stop whimpering. And so the next morning I called Fox and I'm like, hun, I think something was in my backyard. And he's like, why, what's wrong? And I turned the camera around and on my Aspen where no creature can go, not a skunk, not mm-hmm. a raccoon, because raccoons won't go in the yard with my dogs. They're not that stupid. <laughs> Let's right. just put it that way. They're, they're smart creatures. They will not go in there with my dogs, especially with them being so big. And so I'm like, what is this? And it was fur that was not to any animal known to my area and i showed stein and like on my tree it's now since healed itself thank goodness but you looked at my tree at that point there was claw marks on my tree yeah but like pretty high up as well and it wasn't where a cat can scratch down it wasn't where a mountain lion because a mountain lion would not go in with my dogs my no no the dog that i had at the time would have killed it yeah. She would have killed. No, they don't like dogs. Kaya was a big girl. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. She was a big girl. And so it was so high up. I'm like, Fox, babe, what the hell was in my yard? And yeah. it was of unknown thing. And like I got off the phone with him because I had to call my friend who was a medicine woman. And I asked her, I was like, what in the world is this? And something told me to pick up the fur, which I should have done. But I took a little bit in my hand to feel what it felt like. It did not feel like any fur that I've ever touched. Hmm. And then as I was rubbing it between my fingers to figure out what it was, that smell of rotting flesh came back. And I talked to somebody who was from Canada who was in a group that me and Fox were a part of on Facebook. And I was like, Fox, we have got to talk to her, babe. This is freaking me out. I'm home alone with my dad. And my dogs are going nuts. You know? And so we contacted her and she told me I was full of it. That they don't go that far. Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) I mean... Considering everything I've ever heard about skinwalkers, they can change shape. They can, uh, they can um, portray themselves as an old woman or a coyote. I don't see what could stop them from going wherever they want to. So, that's and if I silly. show you the, well, Fox, do you still have that picture I sent, Miss Brenda, um, of my property? I. We'll send it to you privately because I don't want everyone to see, but it's crazy that it's crazy all of these stories. And I don't talk about my skinwalker my story personally. Because when I told somebody who is from that area, she told me that I was full of shit. So I never talked about it again. Yeah. And this is this is a good one. The the power of harmonic frequencies, the use mm-hmm. of certain sounds can cause hallucinations, paranoia, and fear. Also, and this is very much true indeed, we have a genetic memory for certain pheromones. It could be a combination of the two. It wasn't anything like that though. You know me. No, but yeah, I know I know oh honey, 
I know this was <laughs> this was downright like whatever you thought it was. But that um, that statement leading back to where you just get scared if a Sasquatch is in the area, but you don't even know it's there. That yeah, that that makes true. sense. Resonates. Yeah, definitely. Have Josh, have you had any personal experiences or any firsthand experiences? Um, the one major one I've had was, and I have no idea what it was, but I was outside having a smoke, which is, <laughs> it's funny because that's one common, common thread in a lot of people's sightings is they're outside yeah. having a smoke because that's when you're just looking up at the sky and whatnot. But I was outside having a smoke and um, I lived in a really rural area out in the country, lots of trees. There was no wind and I was just sitting there having a cigarette and something it was one of those nights where there's no moon i couldn't see my hand in front of my face and something leapt from the tree and flew away that sounded bigger than any man and i just instantly dropped to the ground and crawled to my door <laughs> i was at the time thinking vampire or i it, i was younger at the time but i am close to where all the mothman sightings are there's a ton of them around chicago oh the o'hare mm -hmm. airport um, it very possibly could have been something like that, but as far as cryptids, not really, but I've had you, I've seen UFOs. Um, I have a video of, uh, <laughs> there's a Walmart in the city near me mm -hmm. and there's a portal in the sky opening and closing for 15 minutes. It's labeled as a UFO, but I more picture it. It's blinking in and out of existence. Uh, I can send you guys that. And of course, anything. of course, it's at a Walmart. Like. Of course. <laughs> of course, you had to go there, hon. There's at hey, least 50 it, different it, people who recorded it, though, middle of the day. And some of them were friends of mine. So, um, yeah. Mean, por portals above Walmart. That explains Walmart people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Where all the weirdos come from that go shop there. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, it other than the sighting I had yesterday, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> at walmart someone in their pajamas no <laughs> just kidding no. a grown man who was wearing flip-flops a man a baby diaper and had a binky on and was oh. being led around on a leash by a woman who said mommy that might be scarier than seeing a skinwalker <sighs> <laughs> Let's just uh, put uh, this way. I think it was I think I would rather meet us Oh jeez oh, I think I would rather meet a skinwalker or have a close encounter with Bigfoot than like see that um like my that's, aunt didn't that's... see it thank god because my aunt would have been like let's just go home <laughs> but like a portal blinking in and out of existence, try, like uh, trying to get something better in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you just told us. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've never had any cryptid sightings. I've never seen a Sasquatch. Um, I'm trying to live my life the right way that maybe one day I'll be in the right spot to get one. But mm -hmm. I've had uh, a lot of... Like just in fact, a couple nights ago, I was laying in bed, wide awake, eight o'clock. My pit bulls next to me were just turned on the TV, and someone just whispered, a female's voice whispered in my ear, "Hello, Josh," and I just said, "Hey," you know, I just like, "Hey, what's up?" Because a year ago, someone approached me 
and they said, hey, I don't mean to startle you, but I want you to know there's a woman behind you. She passed away a long time ago. The lady said her right hand's always on your shoulder. She's always with you and she's very proud of you. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've been hearing this voice now and then, or I'll feel like someone sit on my bed. Like there'll be no one in the room and you know, like say your girlfriend came into your room and sat on your bed, you'll feel that depression. Yeah. Like, so that happens and there's no one there. So uh, those are the kind of experiences I've had, but done a ton of research into the cryptids and I love the stories. I need to take you to Seattle then. Oh, I, I'm in, I'm near Seattle often. So, um, uh, I go to, uh, it's like $800 to fly from here. (laughs) It's a hundred dollars to fly from Ontario to BC. Can you believe that? hundred dollars. That's it. (laughs) Used to be 800. I miss Seattle. uh, Yeah, I want to go to Seattle someday. I actually want to get into Washington in the Cascades, uh, that mountain range. I have connections. I'll make sure that you get there. I got connections. Thank you. I have a trip in June and September to British Columbia, so I'll be right above you or right above Seattle then. It wouldn't be nothing to drive over the border. I will see how much it is, okay? (laughs) All right. I'm tempted. Yeah, I'm tempted. right on. But it's, uh, it seems like there's a lot of um, cryptids activity associated or at least near water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Colorado's the... on one of them, and we're a landlocked state. Sure. How do you explain that one? Because <laughs> on my I book, I'm at that page again. Colorado has 113 sightings. How do you explain that if it's near water? But yeah, but I mean, you have. To, uh... <laughs> hey, I I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not big. There on, are you're uh... right though. They're very common along the water, waterways and rivers, especially with the fae fae folk and fairies. Yes, we do love yeah. the water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, some of my favorite stories. I don't know if these tie into fae or fairies, but I've gotten stories of little tiny Native American hunters. Oh, like, Josh, talk you, about those. They're talked about like people oh, see them and they say it's the most beautiful being they've ever seen. Like, um, and they're wearing animal skins. The one guy who's seen one, it had a rabbit over its shoulder like over its shoulders, like a dead rabbit, a little bow and arrow. And they were just sitting on a river bank, a dry bank, and he was turkey hunting. And he just mm-hmm. walked by and nodded at him. They nodded at him and he kept on going. Um, Firefae. <laughs> I've always I've always wondered, would that be in the category of Faye? Yes. Definitely. I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. And I So I, there's many different kinds of Faye. Most people think of Tinkerbell. Yeah. I'm rolling my eyes. You guys can feel it. I'm rolling my eyes. A lot of people think of Tinkerbell, but it's not the case. It's the same way with the cryptids. There's different species. There's different Mm -hmm. things like, okay, even Harry Potter got it wrong. And I'm a Harry Potter nerd. The Cornish Pixies. Shush. Even the Cornish Pixies were depicted wrong. I mean, there are some, there are some like Fratini talked about in one of the episodes that they did where they come off as mean. But the thing is, they're only mean when you provoke. That's when they show their 
quote unquote dark side is when you're mean to them. If you show them a level of respect, you're going to see what you just described, Josh, is the sweet, kind, how you doing, tip your hat to your neighbor kind of attitude. That's how they are. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'd love to see some little tiny native hunters, though. It just, it sounded so magical. and You uh, have, Josh. You have seen them. You know what? (laughs) I like the way you said that. I probably just didn't notice. You know why? Because the thing is, they always, always, always love to make their appearance known out of the corner of your eye. And because I'm blind on my left side, I'm always making sure that I'm looking with my right. So you have probably seen these little balls of light. And the thing is, I'm saying this for a certain someone, but they come as a form of a butterfly, Mm. a moth, a hummingbird. And that's because they're so little. Wow. That just, wow. That just brought me back to when I was a little boy and sitting at my grandma's picture window at night and the moths would come to the window and she would tell me they were fairies they are fairies he's like those aren't moths those are fairies they and are. i never i never thought i'm 45 now i haven't thought about that in 40 years wow i'm so but glad you true. said that it's true your grandmother was right because they are fairies and that's where you have to open your mind's eye i've said this on another episode you have to open your mind's eye mm-hmm. Because the more you open your mind's eye, you can see these things. And that's why, you know, even though I had my encounter with the skinwalker, I'm not, I'm not afraid of it like I used to be. And that's where you just need to open your third eye. And that's where if you see a glimmer out of the corner of your eye, stop what you're doing, acknowledge it's there, and they're not going to be afraid to show themselves. Wow, I will definitely take that advice. Um Go into meditative state. That as well. I'm working on uh, more of that as well, too. Trying to get my breathing techniques down. I believe a lot of it has to do with with that and your heart. So if you come at a fairy, because we're on fairy, let's say I come at them in a panicked, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you're all over the place. Why would they want to be around that? No, makes yeah. perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. I mean, we we don't even want to be around someone who is like completely panicked and chaotic and like try and to try and talk to someone who is in a you know a state of mind like that. You know, try have a rational conversation. That's not gonna happen. No, let alone if and let so, alone if you're a fae. Yeah, so we avoid where, it. They would too. <laughs> that's where I'm gonna tell you because even though I'm doing my yoga teacher, do your yogic breath. Yeah. Because, like, if you get yourself into that, you know, doing yogic breath and you get yourself into that calm state of mind, they'll make themselves know. Hmm. I, I mean, it. it's even funny because um, even with slugs and snails, they're a part of the Fae, believe it or not. Really now? Yes. Wow. I kind of make sense though. I've never heard that, but like it's because they're... they're there's different species. I mean, like you guys said, they like being around water, but in truth, they like being around places that they feel safe. 
because there's building up behind me and there's thousands and thousands of homes back there now, they like the peace and the calm that my property has to offer during the day. I mean, I can tell you when you're calm and you're collected and you're actually saying, you know, I open myself up to what, whomever, whatever wants to come visit. And that's the same thing with natives. That's why with the spirit journey or the, you know, when you're trying to find out what your animal is, that's why it's so important to be in that state of calm. Because if you're a chaotic and you're not paying attention to those little signs around you, you'll miss something. Like with me, for the longest time, I was not obsessed with wolves like I am as I am today. I wasn't. And I was all over the place. I was chaotic. I was every which way. I was ebbing and flowing. And I couldn't get myself to even catch a break. And the moment that I kind of just calmed down and I was able to do a spirit journey with myself again, the wolf has not left my side. And it's the same way with the Fae, where... I haven't worked with the Fae since I started. I've been a practitioner my whole life. And so, you know, being raised in it and being in a state of panic on all of this all the time. Yes, I left out little trinkets for the Fae. Yes, I did little things for the Fae. I left little treats and honey and sugar water and all of this, like the little things as an offering, but I never got to see them and so when I calmed my breath and I was able to connect myself with earth that's when they showed themselves that makes so much sense and Uh. people say they are hard to work with they're not hard to work with they are the sorry Faye but they are the easiest to work with once you put your mind to it well, that's the kind of encounter I'd like to most have would be then with the Fae. If I go out stick. into the forest, here's an idea for you to do. Go out into the forest, make sure there's no animal scatter or scat or whatever. Don't just lay in a, a nice clean part. Look for mushrooms. Yeah. Lay down, put yourself in a meditative spot. And the thing is, you may not see them physically, but you can see them in your mind's eye. You feel them. Mm -hmm. Well, it almost makes, like, the way you just described all that, it almost, I don't know why it took my mind to, like, um, like how you can manifest stuff with the power Mm -hmm. of thought. Like, I'm just learning that. Like, if you're always thinking negative and I'm broke and and you're going to be broken in a bad mood all the time, you start just thinking about being prosperous and happy and good things start to come to you. I'm not saying it's the same ties to that, but it uh, makes a lot of sense. I'm going to try that. I do a lot of mushroom hunting, so. Do it while you're foraging. Yeah, I will try that next time for sure. I've also Thanks. heard, have mm-hmm. you ever heard of like if you kind of make your eyes out of focus, like make your eyes blurry a bit? Don't I've do heard, that. Don't, don't do, do that? that? Okay. Because no. okay. the fairies will think you're ridiculous they'll just laugh you <laughs> off <laughs> i felt ridiculous just saying it so because like with me i have a lazy eye so my eye automatically does that where it goes out of focus but 
they think I'm silly anyway because my eye does that. But the thing is, you just, you need to have a clear mind. And people are all the time saying, oh, what if I eat a mushroom and do a microdose? What if I do a microdose of an edible or this and that? No, that's, no, no. Yes. So, so many so many people think that that's a, a shortcut to like enlightenment or something. I'm not and, dissing on anyone who does it, but I'm just saying that's not one way to get I the mean, attention of a fae. Right. It's it helps. Sure, it helps, you know, breaking down those barriers Unless a little you quicker. See the bad side of the fae, no, don't do mushrooms. <laughs> no, but I mean for, you know, for other um interdimensional species, mm -hmm. you know, shrooms or like whatever kind of hallucinogenics you can get your hands on, it will well, just, you know, break down those walls fairly quickly, which, you know, brings other dangers with it. Because, you know, if you're not prepared and all of a sudden it's, well, bang, here they are, then yeah, you're you're in for a bad trip, quite literally. Um, yeah. But it's not, it's not a shortcut. And, you know, every, everything you can achieve with hallucinogenics, you can achieve without them as well and it's a lot well a lot of what you're you're doing already a lot of breath work mm -hmm. you yeah. know you can call it a well quite literally a dmt trip just by uh by breathing you know it's it is a substance that is already naturally in us it's just a matter of the right technique to activate it access it well, yeah there's yeah. a question for josh have you ever, when you've been out mushroom hunting, have you ever had a ringing in your right ear? Yes. That's a fairy. So and not have... even, um, just the last couple of years, I'm having it all the time. That's like a fairy. Like, not even mushroom picking. I'm hearing, uh, like, weird frequencies and... That's a, that's a fairy. Okay. So Apparently, Amanita muscaria, muscaria, mushrooms are really good for it. Yeah. And they have... No but idea. Those the are the in your ear. that's the Alice in Wonderland mushroom. Oh, the oh. red, the red <laughs> one with the white dots. Those so are that's, so that's a very shamanistic mushroom, eh? Have you guys yes. heard about that? Like, yes. Hey. Oh, we're we're a tribe of pagans. We we oh, we, we know. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, here's the other thing, Josh. What I could do possibly is when you're going out on a mushroom hunt, you can message me and say, hey, I'm going foraging. And what I can do is I can honestly help you open your third eye so you can spot a fairy. I would I would be so appreciative of that. All right, that's a plan. I will help you oh, thanks, be prepared guys. that, <laughs> uh, be prepared they do like good looking guys, so just be careful. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one warning that I have to tell any practitioner. If you're good looking, be careful. I mean, because... it might it might make it easier, you know. <laughs> but that's what I tell everybody. I mean, if you're, I mean, I know I am because Fox tells me I am all the time. But the thing is, you just have to be careful with them too, because the thing is, if you're too loosey goosey without a little guard. They'll take advantage. Is there dangers? There is dangers. That's why I'm saying don't be so loosey-goosey. Okay. 
Because if you're so loosey goosey and you're like, oh, fair you, fair you, yeah, so they'll take if, advantage. Like, what if they offer you something? Don't take it. Okay, that's what I've thought too. But <laughs> since you seem to be uh, very knowledgeable, I figured I'd ask. Yeah. Don't take it. I mean, people don't. tell me all the time, it's okay to accept the gift, but don't eat it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've heard yeah, stories so, about that as well. I mean, you're you're looking to do a show about Faye and Fairies, right? I mean, you've just gotten a whole lot of content. and I you have. Definitely, you definitely, yeah. I have. Well, I mean, Fairy Faye, she is doing more podcasts and doing some, uh, some guest spots here and there by herself. So, you know, I feel love- free. Yeah, feel I'd free love to, to have you uh, on. Feel Thank free you. to send an invitation. You can uh, send it to the uh, the email that we've been uh, contacting Easy. over. She is uh, it's it's the driver email. Um, yep. Most of us have uh, have can access also send to it. My Gmail too, if it's easier too. It's whatever. But Either that's, way, that's the thing too, where it's like you know, with cryptids, it's the same way. You know, if you go in loosey goosey, they'll take advantage of the situation. I mean, that's why with my Skinwalker experience, I was kind of loosey-goosey because I was kind of a little buzzed. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to say who am I. I was a little loosey. <laughs> but shush. So that's where you, with cryptids, you have to have a level of respect for yourself and for them. Because I... the thing is, if you don't have a level of respect for yourself... And you have that level of respect for them, they'll disrespect you in a heartbeat. Hmm. It's the same way with dragons. It's the same way with the serpents. It's the same way with leprechauns. Leprechauns it's, are the worst. It's I think the same. It's the same way with us humans. If you disrespect us, like don't expect any any, resp- any respect back. You know, yeah. if you if you come in with a with a bad attitude. Like no way, we're gonna be nice to you. So you know, if if the Fae, I mean, you know, we're all we're all, we're all connected. You. We're all connected. We're all part of this this world. You so, have to be careful with certain species of fairy, though. Okay. Because you guys are both gentlemen, you both have to be careful because okay. they seduce humans. Yeah, and it's been going on for about three years now. So, <laughs> shut up, Stein. This is not the time to say that. But hey, in all honesty, I'm, it's I'm true. just, I'm just saying. You know, that it's little fire fay has been very, uh, very successful. <laughs> Everything you're saying though makes so much sense, and even with, um, we were talking before you came on about Bigfoot. How I believed you had to have a good heart to get the chance to see one and or that's the thing is that's where the egyptian thing too it's like you have to have a level of of a good heart because the thing is if you don't go into it let's say okay i'm going to throw my ex under the bus because i can because i hate him but let's say my ex came at them right they would tear him to shreds quite literally the kind of man he is yeah they would tear him to shreds that, it doesn't matter oh, what cryptid it was; they would tear him to shreds. Well, that seems to be a seems to be a big thing. Uh, I didn't mention it earlier, but that also kind of reminds me of, um, like, what is it? Those guardians from the the never ending story. Like, they'll mm-hmm. only let you through if you are um, 
like pure a pure heart. stare of her. Yeah. Is this the Egyptian? I seriously no, need to watch Egyptian. that movie again. I don't want to watch it. I can't watch it because of Tonto. Don't know. Oh gosh. <laughs> no. But no, but the Egyptians, they have the same thing. They indeed. do. You have to have a pure heart with everything you approach. And the thing is, dragon magic is very hard to harness because the thing is, dragons are very strong. Yeah. They are very strong. They're very ancient. They're very old. And they know how to manipulate. I'm sorry to say this about dragons because I have a level of respect for them. But the thing is, uh, if, if you disrespect them or you have disrespect for yourself and your other people around you, they're not going to work for you. They're going to work against you. And like Stein said, it's not even just fairies and it's humans, too. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to be like, if someone's a jerk and disrespectful, I'm not going to give them a time of day. You know, I'm going to move on. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's only, you know, it's common sense. Only it's, it's, it's logical. And I think that's, you know, that's another thing why, um, whether maybe with, with still a lot of people, uh, the, the connection, it is, you know, we are getting closer again to, um, you know, cryptids and interdimensionals and whatever. Um, but uh, a lot of us, a lot of well, normies, if you want to, we feel that it's like it's us and it's nature. You know, it we're we're that way. we're up like we're above it. Like you know, we're the alpha, we're the top predators, and whatever. Oh gosh, we're not the top. The fact but, that a lot of people feel that way, though. And yeah, I believe they do. I mean, you know dude, go into the woods barehanded and see how long you'll survive. When see how vulnerable comes up to you. you feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we Not live like that. that. Wait till you go at night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck with Wait that. Wait till you find out how small you really are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, <laughs> you're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Not if you're a jerk. You're not. But if you got mm -hmm. a good hurt, you might make it. I, I would like to one day take a solo trip into uh, Vancouver Island. I want to get my buddy to drop me off there with his boat, and then I'll I wouldn't just... do it. I wouldn't do it right now. No, why not? There's too much going on in Vancouver for that to happen. Okay, well, I'll keep um, in touch with you, and you can let me know when's a good time. My <laughs> aunt was like really close to there. Um, the thing is. With a lot of things, you just have to, you have to be safe about it. I'm not telling you what you can and can't do. Be smart and be safe. That's all I'm saying. Because if you're not smart and safe, things that, can happen. That and happen, yeah. There was a TikTok that I sent to Fox, and it was about this couple who stayed with the bears. And it was a grizzly bear. Mm. And they didn't release the tape, but... They basically got, I'm not going to even say it because it's YouTube, but they basically got, I can't even say it, but they were killed. He got, ma he got mauled. And so did she. And it was oh. all on. No. I mean, so 
be respectful, but you know, don't forget what you're. What you're well, I know the with. story you're talking about with the bears. It's scary. Those people were ridiculous. Like they were getting right up to them. Like they thought they were part of the of the group of bears. Like, well, good thing those bears were well fed for most of the time. But as soon as they got hungry, you're looking like quite too. a snack. And yeah, uh, yeah. But that's the thing, too, where it's like, it's with anything. Just be mindful and respectful. I'm not telling you what you can and can't do, because you're a grown man. You're older than me. But (laughs) have a respect for yourself. Because the thing is, I understand you want to be part of Vancouver. You want to do this stuff. But here's the other thing that you can do. Find someone who's a local person from that native tribe in Washington. And go with them. Because they will teach you the ways to be able to be safe I without bet, yeah. means. That sounds like my best bet for sure. Because um, <laughs> if you go alone. Yeah, it's probably just asking for trouble. You're right. Then it's uh, <laughs> then it's been nice knowing you. Uh, and that is like, <laughs> yeah, like you said, that's grizzly bear country and Sasquatch country. I really don't want to read in the newspaper after we get off the show a Josh of... Canada decided to go into the woods by himself and <laughs> nature no. decided to take care of things. Thought, thought he could have a shamanic experience. Uh, ter- <laughs> <laughs> turns, out, so. turns out the realm that he, that he went into, he's not coming back from He's it. gone. So, he's gone. <laughs> he poofed. Yeah, he is uh, now one of the missing 411. Uh, well, you know what? This has been really fun and I really hope I can have you on Firefay as a uh, guest when i do another episode about about fey folk and fairies of course um you're very knowledgeable and stein thank you so much this has been fun really fun. yeah no absolutely we've uh, we've been going for well, a good hour and a half now so uh yeah time to uh time to about wrap it up that way we uh we still have something left for for next time uh hopefully uh Kiefer will actually be joining us yeah that then, would be great uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was counting on him. I haven't had a uh, a response, unfortunately. Well, he but, does. Uh, he does live in an area where it's hit or miss if he's going to have a signal. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's yeah, true. He's in the that's, mountains. So. Yeah. No, that's that's very true. Um, yeah. And so before, is there? Oh, okay. Sorry. Before we all wrap up, she has to have the last do... word. Shush. <laughs> Not a woman. <laughs> I didn't. After the show, you can just say um, no live anymore, and then we can all just chat like we did on the last one. Yeah, sure. Um, Josh, is there anything that you are currently working on? Is there anything that you uh, that you want to plug? Uh, like, I mean, your own show. Like, well, the only thing I'm really, um, really deep into right now is that episode I want to do. Like I mentioned on the corpse bride. I don't think many people realize that that comes from a real story and it's it kind does. of getting off of, cause I've done so many cryptid episodes, um, like throwing in that DB Cooper one. Um, I threw in one about just stories of survival and life off the grid. Um, yeah, I'm more working on stuff like that. Um, missing four one one, but yeah, I just, I got a couple guests lined up through our friend Lee been gracious enough to uh put me in touch with some authors oh yeah 
He knows so many people. Yeah, such a good guy. But no, other than that, I'm just happy to be on and I hope we can do it again sometime. I have about eight more pages of stuff I was hoping to talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll save it for another one. I mean, hey, like I said, that way we uh, yeah. we definitely have stuff for a uh, for a part two. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been great having you on. Um, I'm also looking uh, forward to catching up on your uh, catalog of your episodes. So I've listened oh, to a couple yeah. so far. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, thank you. Um, and if, I'll. Uh, I was just going to say, if, be, if anyone sorry. wants to listen to Eerie Skies, it's on all the podcatchers. So it's on Google. Yeah. Um, I'll, all I'll throw in some links in the description. I don't don't know if I have any uh, any in yet, but I'll definitely put up some uh, some links. I'll be definitely yeah be listening to some of your stuff. Um, I like I like listening to podcasts when traveling, uh, you know, from work back to work. Uh, so it's always always good for that. So yeah. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, Farife, Ani. Thank you for co-hosting again. And I knew that as soon as we were going to go into the Fey, you would totally take over. I uh, luckily I warned Josh <laughs> ahead uh -huh. of time. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this has been awesome. I am very much looking forward to a uh, a part two. So yeah, thank you everyone for watching. Thank you to all who came in the chat. Thank you to all who are listening as soon as this drops on the audio platforms. Uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, uh, five-star rating, all the, you know, shilling stuff that any good content creator has to do. Um, if you want to come on the podcast yourself, you can directly book yourself a spot through www.greyhornpagans.com. Um, I... You know, it can be about anything. Uh, if you look at our catalog, you'll see we do about everything. So it's been great. And until next time, see ya.